When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Mother Folklore, podcast of words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I'm Emer Duffy. And apparently I'm Derek O'Shea. <laughs> no, I'm Derek O'Shea. And I'm Emer Duffy. Welcome back to the studio, Emer. Thank you very much. I've had a bit of a, a breakaway. You've been just too successful at work. Uh, that's it. You thought you'd lost me there for a while and you reeled me back in. Yeah, here you are, just drawing down your big six-figure salary in the technology sector. Oh, <laughs> that's it. You know me. I got too big for my boots here now. <laughs> but we're delighted to bring you back away from like your, your true calling, which is the Irish language. And we have yes. a, a very suitable guest for your specific field of expertise today. Yes, I couldn't miss this episode. We are delighted... Um, to have, first of all, learned of um, this book being published and second of all, for one of the lovely authors to um, accept one of our phone calls today. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so we are talking to Sharon from History of Ireland in 100 Words, uh, which is a beautiful new book published by the um, Royal Irish Academy. And we're about to pick our brains. That's right. Fáilte motherfucker, Sharon. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be described as a lovely author. I've been introduced in many ways, but a lovely author is my favourite so far. <laughs> I was hardly going to call you like a really awful author now, in fairness. <laughs> oh, no, I'll go off and you'll edit something in, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good so far. So Sharon, um, t- t- tell us about this book. This is uh, this is one of the most, um, this is really just an exciting book for Christmas. The, the, the title probably said gives a lot away, A History of Our Own 100 Words. Uh, yeah, that's what it says in the tin, doesn't it? <laughs> Everyone, uh, when while we were writing it, uh, the very long kind of five years that we were writing it, um, we must have heard every joke about how it was just sort of one big paragraph. It was just a hundred words that sort of went potato and leprechaun and rain and, and fairies. And that's that's all. We were just going to publish that and put a cover on it. <laughs> mm. But you didn't, thankfully. No, no. We branched out into, into actually sort of writing about 500 words on each of the words. I, I was going to say there's more, than, there's more than a hundred words because the book would stop a door. <laughs> well, we were surprised how chunky it looks it's quite it's um it's short and short and fat in many ways but um but I think yeah the paper it's printed in quite nice paper and it has the illustrations and things a bit of an introduction and so um so it bulked up really uh into kind of quite a quite a nice little volume it is and what I love about it is I won't call it a coffee table book but it's a book that you can kind of dip in and out of Mm. Yes, I think so. Originally, we had 
put we'd, we'd written sort of 100 entries just in things that kind of took our fancy or things that we thought people would find interesting and we didn't have we were just stringing them together really we're sort of one of them left off another one kind of jumped in and they didn't have a kind of order and then when we took them to the publisher they suggested that we divide them into those little sections about the body and about feasting and technology and things so I think it made it better like that sometimes you can dip in and just read one or you can read one section and you can you can kind of come and go like that it's quite nice it's quite nice to just handle I think the pictures are the pictures are lovely and um yeah it's quite nice to just flick through sometimes exactly you can read it for a minute or you can read it for an hour you can. Someone someone came up to me and she said she was reading, she was re- limiting herself, which I liked, uh, to, to one entry a day. So um, I, I sort of keep going. So maybe maybe volume two will be ready by the time that she's, that she's sort of at an end. But um, but yeah, people are obviously reading it kind of different ways. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when you go to watch a video on Facebook and like you're just watching the one video, I swear. And like this video is only two minutes long and then it automatically yeah. pops up with the next video and the next video is three minutes long. And you're like, oh, well, I'm here. I'll watch this one. And mm. suddenly it's an hour and a half later and you're still sitting down watching Facebook videos. Those weirdly good, satisfying. Good. Yeah. If, it, if it was like that, we'd be very happy, I think, kind of people <laughs> if we thought people were kind of getting absorbed and kind of and, and, and burning the dinner while they were while they were reading through. But yeah, so, yeah, it'd be great. Um, it's just it's completely taken us by surprise, I think, um, how enthusiastic people have been and just how, how popular it seems to have been so far. So, um, yeah, all good. So, like Sharon, our, our um, at the moment, we get a lot of queries at, like in, in the folklore about the about the new words for things that are in Irish, kind of thing, like think things relating to technology to modern life. But these are the words you you've gone. I suppose on the other end, you found. You've gone back to the older, the older Irish dictionary or the yeah. dictionary of, of older Irish. Well, we tried to take but, a full sweep sometimes. Yeah. Some of them we tried to bring, like something like clo, um, where we took it through from sort of the, you know, its earlier meaning kind of, of being a kind of a nail or a spike and through ideas of printing and typeface and, and, and through into, you know, text speaking, people texting and mm. and being a font on a screen and some of the, you know, the, the manuscript abbreviations that's used today um, and sometimes in text speaking on Twitter and things like that. So we we tried to take some of the words through a full sweep where they where they sort of allowed for it. Mm-hmm. And it's that's you have so you've you've gone to the 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 dictionary of the Irish language, the Royal Irish Academy's original um d- or dictionary, and you you found some of the, the entries and you given but you given them a bit the context to actually be make them accessible to a regular reader. Yeah, well, that's where it kind of grew out of. It grew out of sort of work that was, we were expanding the dictionary and correcting some of the, the entries. I mean, the dictionary is more than 100 years old. So uh, the state of scholarship, I suppose, state of knowledge has advanced quite a, quite a long way in that time. And um, uh, there were there were new entries to be put in, new words to be introduced, um, stuff, you know, mistaken definitions and stuff like that to be taken out. So um, while we were working on that, yeah, we were finding all kinds of interesting little things in there. You know, you would never come across them other than that you were sort of, you know, it was your job for the next three days to sort of um, go through this entry and try and update it. Um, so and then we were thinking as well, I suppose, about how the, the various meanings that words had had all kind of hung together over time, how it came to sort of, you know, it went from like the meaning of nail into the meaning for like print and typeface and things like that. And so... I suppose we were kind of making those sort of links in our head in order to put the dictionary together. And it, mm. it all made, it made sense, I think, to put it into kind of narrative for people, you know, things that we hadn't really thought about ourselves. And so uh, obviously other people wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought too much into. So, yeah, it, it grew out of that and then took on a life of its own. Yeah, I suppose one of my favourite like entries that would kind of have grown legs and adapted with, <laughs> with language yeah. and with culture 
is the idea of Rivera, which is what we yeah. all have learned as yeah. It's a good as one, computers. isn't it? Yeah, because it wasn't even in the dictionary at all, Rivera. And that sort of early sense of sort of a person who reckoned by the stars and the planets and things like that. So actually it came from completely finding instances of a word that wasn't even in the dictionary. So, you know, you couldn't have even, prior to the work we did on updating the dictionary, you couldn't have even made those kind of links. Uh, And then quite a lot of instances of it popped up. So now we've got quite a healthy little entry on this person who used to compute by the stars. Exactly, it was someone uh, who practised the idea of computers. So Mm. they themselves were a computer and suddenly yeah. when we got this you know Macintosh or Windows what was yeah. before Windows 95 <laughs> I don't know I wasn't before Windows 95 so <laughs> I don't really care then this thing became something that computes <laughs> yeah it's, it's lovely isn't it but I think kind of because it wasn't really known uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know what the history of the modern use of the word is, but I wonder if it had sort of died out and somebody had actually coined that word again. I'm. I'm. I'm not sure if there's a kind of a continuity right through, or if there was sort of an early, a, a sort of a medieval use of river for this person, and um, somebody went back to that basic sense of the verb for counting and actually kind of uh, adapted it again. But but it's a lovely sense of kind of I think kind of just thinking along the same lines anyway. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of, it does what it says in the tin, like Mm -hmm. the person computed and your PC computes (laughs) and that's it. It's like the Spanish for, um, the Spanish word for a hoover more or less translates to a sucker upper. Mm -hmm. Because that's what it does. It it sucks stuff up and that's it. (laughs) I like words like that. Irish is good like that. You know, it is kind of a lot of the words just, there's no no messing around, just quite transparent. Just straight in, no messing, yeah. Yeah, and if it literates all the better sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, some lovely terms like that. So, um, Sharon, we often think of, uh, I suppose, the writing process uh, as being a very solitary and... um a solitary, lonely profession where you kind of you're just there battling with battling with a with a pale page and the the the, yeah. the demons in your own head. But you you've yeah. uh, had the, the the delight of uh, writing a book with two other people. <laughs> Don't give you're Derek ideas now because you clearly weren't you clearly weren't witnessing kind of <laughs> what went on. No, I think it, it it worked out quite well, but um. But again, you know, as academics, I don't think we'd really, we'd really um, sort of um, undertaken that kind of experiment much before. Um, we, we sort of, you know, when we first wrote them, we, 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 we each went off and we wrote, um, we wrote entries on things that we were interested in ourselves. And the first 25, we, we could write quite quickly because we sort of had in mind things that worked according to the format that we wanted. Um, and then we, we each brought them, and then we, we brought them together, I suppose, swapped them around. Um, and 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 in the end, we really had to smooth it all out to get sort of a fairly unified sort of tone. You you know, you can hear a person's voice sometimes behind them. You know, write with different kind of style, use different mm. kinds of vocabulary. So I think that we 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 smoothed over in the end by sort of having one person work through most of it and kind of and try to try to make it fairly kind of consistent, sort of that kind of uniformity in it. But um, but they are most of them are kind of have, came from one of the three of us. Uh, and then, as I say, we we put in little bits, took out little bits, and I think I think it reads mostly as sort of as a, as a, a unified volume. I don't think you you kind of see the joins too much, but um, but I I can see the whole history behind it. You know, it's not like a group project in college where one person does all the work, someone mm. does a little bit, and someone scratches their eyes <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> kind of, it wasn't no, like one of those. It, it, <laughs> 
It took us a long time, though. I mean, we did. We started on April Fool's Day 2014, and um, it did take quite a long time to sort of write it. But um, but but we did all. We we all brought our sort of 33 and a third entries to the table. Hmm. <laughs> would, would you recommend the collaborative writing process? <laughs> I think you got to you got to choose your co-authors carefully. I was going to no, say, think... bear in mind that Greg and Mara might listen. <laughs> <laughs> they might they might hear this. No, um, they were absolute joy. I have to say, and kind of because we had all quite different interests. I mean, as I say, kind of anyone who knows us. Um, probably could pinpoint who wrote which entries in the book. We all have different interests and we'd all have different kind of approaches to the material. Um, so um, there's there's quite a lot in there, really. You know, more than maybe one person would have brought. There's quite a lot of approaches. There's quite a lot of information. I learned a lot from reading um, Greg and Moira's entries, actually, <laughs> as they kind of brought their forward. like, oh, really? So, um, so yeah, as I say, kind of it, it worked well. But, um, yeah, I, I can imagine that it could be quite a, a, a difficult thing sort of um but um yeah we'd like to do another one i think now happy days so have you any plans for another one are we allowed to ask are you i don't i think it's probably it's probably still too raw (laughs) for trying to get it out last time but um no we might do um we we do have we had some material left over Mm. Um, because as I say we just wrote and wrote and wrote sort of so uh, when we began to divide it up into these nice little sections there were some things that didn't fit very well into any of the sections so we've actually got a few extras that we're going to kind of put out between now and Christmas uh, as little kind of um, little kind of bonus material I suppose that's that you can you can pick up and read so there are a few kind of left over and then yeah you know we've had such a nice experience with this book I think kind of it would be it would probably be really nice to do another volume but um, maybe we'd be about 33 words in and be kind of stuck. <laughs> but um, Realise yeah, you all it, hate it, each other and that's it. No one talks yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it could be like the difficult second album, you know. I was going to say, <laughs> we could yeah. Break down. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I think kind of, yeah, it's been a lovely experience. I think it has, it, hopefully it's done some good, um, you know, raised, raised, um, raised the profile of maybe of sort of, of, especially of early Irish and things like that and maybe got some other people interested. And if it's done some good like that and we've enjoyed writing it that's the main um, thing yeah now you said earlier on that you kind of you brought together the miscellaneous entries um you brought in kind of the random ones Um, yeah I feel a bit like that when I look at the ones that I wrote I think kind of yeah um, I I can see Greg's interests are fairly unified and there are quite a lot about places and things in there and Moira's entries she did some on the early church and things like that and I kind of feel sometimes that mine are mine are here and there and a bit of a bit of this and that you know now I don't want to ask you to pick between your favourite children but uh, which is your favourite child in the book (laughs) what's your favourite entry (laughs) Yeah, favourite entry. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, some of them, some of them I like because I was able to write them quickly and easily. Yeah. <laughs> so I like things like Fianna because, um, or the one about kind of the names of the provinces and the fifth province and things like that because you know it, it sort of flowed fairly easily and it was it was about things I've been thinking about before. I like I like the one about Wolf. Um, because it looks at things like linguistic taboos and maybe the fact that kind of there were these early words for a wolf. Um, they don't seem to have been used very much at all. Mm. And that, you know, there is a kind of Indo-European uh, traditions in, in some languages that, that, that words for wolves and bears 
were not really said out loud. It was a kind of taboo to say them because, you know, you might be um, sort of bringing, bringing that animal towards you um, with the kind of faith that might inevitably follow. And that maybe Irish has some of those sort of um, things going on. So um, so I, I, I like things like that. And we got werewolves in there as well, which is always good to do some of those sort of, uh, you know, some of the slightly uh, unexpected things, maybe. Yes, yes, yeah. I get you. Now, you were saying yeah. that, that you're going to have some bonus material coming out at, yeah. well, between now and Christmas. Yes, I thought hopefully fairly soon in a few days, hopefully we'll get, we'll get a little drip feed of some extra ones. Yeah. Yes. How are we going to be able to get our hands on that? We are going to get them through the Royal Irish Academy uh, website. So they're going to put them up as little kind of, they do have a little sort of blog, a kind of newsfeed and things like that. And they are going to put them up there. So, um, so yeah, there's there's a handful. There's about five between now and Christmas. And then we'll we'll see what happens after that. But um, some things that were left over and it was a bit sad to see them because they, they were quite nice little entries, I think, in themselves. Um, but they just kind of couldn't be accommodated in the, the structure of the book as it ended up. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, in the next few days, hopefully a uh, start of a little kind of Christmas present for those. Yes, like a little wordy advent calendar. Oh, yes. Ah, yeah, that's yes. a good way. If we'd thought about that now, we could have marketed like it. But that would have that might have locked us into doing 25 of them. <laughs> I was going to say, you've got 25 us. days. <laughs> so, so you'll get five. Yeah. <laughs> and, sure. and that'll be us. That's a quarter of the book. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Ferris Naguelga, who are celebrating 20 years of promoting the Irish language, Feha Blaine Igfoss. Language is about communication, and communication unites communities. So, community is at the heart of Ferris Naguelga. Ferris Naguelga creates a network of community-based Irish language development officers throughout the island of Ireland to support and promote Irish, like Level Pubble, at community level. Through the language planning process, Ferris Naguelga is responsible for developing five Irish language network communities and 13 Gweltoc service towns, as well as other government initiatives. Ferris Naguelga also funds Gweltoc Lachela, an initiative in townlands such as Clondalkin, Carntucker, Lochray, Ennis and Belfast. That's in addition to Ferris Naguelga supporting Irish language officers in communities all over the island of Ireland. Check out the great new words created over the past 20 years by the terminology wizards over on Ferris Naguelga's Instagram handle, at Ferris Naguelga. Ferris Naguelga, celebrating 20 years. Isi or Janga Haini, it's our language. You know, um, Sharon, we often think about Ireland in, in the past as being kind of um, a, a simple place and, and, and simple folk doing simple things, but there were some interesting words for scientific and medical concepts. Yeah, yeah, we were quite keen to bring those out, I think, because, um, yeah, the Irish were at the forefront in various things, like computers, as we could have talked about earlier, sort of reckoning time by the stars and things like that. And, yeah, we were we were quite keen to bring that out early on and some of the sort of the, some of the workshops and things that we've done, that's a, that's an aspect that we've tried to, to sort of focus on on. Um, we're doing some things at the um, the Northern Ireland Science Festival coming up in the Cambridge Science Festival. So we're going to look at some yeah some of those ideas. The Irish is as uh, uh, involved with technology, involved with science, and 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 things along those lines. Well, like that, one of my favourite things, like I've said, is the fact that we have this idea of a river and that we just didn't call it like 
computer yeah. and there was like a, a father thrown in there somewhere and mm. it was like er, it'll do yeah we'll put it yeah. in there but with we taxi did that as well pizza. of course sometimes but um but yeah uh, yeah the, the native words are lovely and kind of really kind of as i say kind of, kind of sometimes quite transparent and rich sort of words yeah it's a bit magic and it's it fun the way that, <laughs> and the word for the internet it comes from an old word for a trap, isn't it? Yeah, that was lovely. That made us laugh kind of um, quite a lot. Yeah, that was something again that kind of had just gone in. Uh, you know, we've been updating the dictionary for a while and one of the updates came in 2013. And uh, yeah, that was the first time sort of that that word had been identified as, as the word for a kind of a, a, a trap. And actually it's used in kind of quite a funny sense. It's sort of, um, it's someone writing in a manuscript. Um, County Clare, I think, if I remember correctly uh and he says um that he knows something that he could set a trap um for someone else so it's like a metaphorical trap so it works even better for the internet i think <laughs> the internet is a kind of metaphorical trap that sort of draws you in <laughs> catches you there so um, we've come so that full circle to the way. idea of the facebook videos now <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly we're back to that yeah yeah so so they, they have nice little resonances sometimes you think kind of when you're making up new vocabulary it's always good to check what the original meaning of the word might have been um because you know they can have they can have all kinds of connotations in the earlier language i suppose sharon we'd love to ask how, how did you find how did you find yourself in this world of old irish words like did, did were you, were you <laughs> how did you land yourself with the trouble of it I don't know when you when you get in you can't get out again I think that's that's the worst thing um I, yeah it's yeah. I, I I don't know I, I mean I never started off down this road I suppose um I actually went um initially to university in Aberdeen I did lots of Scots Gaelic there and I thought I would be a sort of modernist um but then once you get a little taste of the weird and wonderful world of early Irish, it is very, very hard. So um, many, 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 and I'll not say how long, years later, um, I'm still there. And I, I utterly enjoy it. The dictionary is fantastic. If anybody, um, if anybody fancies browsing round, um, do bring up www.dil.ie and um, you can search in English. So even if you don't have, obviously it doesn't really work putting modern Irish words in. So put the English in maybe and uh, it'll bring you up all kinds of results um, and, and words in the early language and, um, and thereby you will be hooked uh, and, and never get out of early Irish again. But uh, it's uh, yeah, I enjoy it enormously. It's a beautiful, beautiful, as I say, rich and transparent language. So and and we, you know, we we still so much to learn about it. So um, so every day is a school day in early Irish. <laughs> it, is, it, is. <laughs> it is. You're preaching to the choir there now. But <laughs> <It is. laughs> every day, as I say, saying so you can still spend many years on it. And even I say, even when we were writing this book, Greg and Moira would write pieces and on dumb. Yeah, I would just think, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Should I tell them that I didn't know that, or will I just keep that quiet to myself? I know um, you want to admit but, to it, like, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just just learned so much. You know, everybody has their own little interests, their own little bits that they pick away at. Exactly. Now, what I love about the book is the idea that it's um, like that it is broken down into topics. Yeah. So like that, it, you know, your technology and your science, you've got the body. It, it's kind of modern and it's old. So like technology and science, you're thinking, right, 2019, there we go. But the body is a very yes. early Irish thing to discuss. 
Yes, uh, but and, and lots of it is perfect. That's why I say people used to laugh at it. You know, we'd done a history of Ireland, a hundred words, and it was just sort of rain and leprechaun, and all of those yeah. things are in there. But but probably, even though it's an old and typically Irish sort of thing to discuss, I hope anyway, it's kind of actually not the kind of information you were expecting sometimes, especially things about the leprechaun and stuff like that, kind of where the words came from. Um, so uh, so as I say, kind of sometimes it's weird and wonderful and, and unexpected, hopefully. Um, so so you, you get you get standard topics, but you get old stuff about them. Yeah, exactly. So the um uh, the excerpt on the leprechaun, um I'm I shouldn't I have mentioned the leprechaun, should I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I take it that you wrote this one? I didn't write this one actually. This was one of Moira's originally. Of course, it's based on kind of scholarship kind of that's that's been kind of put out for some time. But um but I think, you know, again, uh, you write a scholarly article and something and um you know, sort of still amongst kind of most of kind of public and things like that, it doesn't kind of filter through. So uh, so it was a way of kind of addressing some of those things that kind of, you know, um, popular perceptions in a way um, of, of what a leprechaun might have been because they weren't lovely little green men, obviously, in early literature at all. <laughs> no, they have here um, the adventures of Fergus, son of Lady. Leprechauns carry the sleeping Fergus out to sea. Yes. En route, he managed to capture three of them. Yes. Uh, and in return for sparing their lives, they granted him the ability to breathe underwater by giving him special herbs to place in his ears when swimming. Yes. yes. I don't think they understand how, how breathing works if they're managing it through <laughs> his ears. <but. laughs> just go with it. Go with it. You sometimes just got to suspend your disbelief when it comes to leprechauns, even in early literature. Yeah, but little tiny things that he catches in the palm of his hand sort of thing. And of course, they don't give him kind of the ability to breathe underwater out of the goodness of their heart or anything. Um, it's only No, I mean, they got him killed by a sea monster anyway. So Yes, and kind of, yeah, because so you see, they don't give it doesn't work in his own sort of home territory. There's always a catch when it comes to a leprechaun. Yes. Um. So you have, uh, or rather Moira has, uh, medieval Irish authors assign leprechauns along with other monstrous creatures to the family of biblical Khan, mm. brother of Abel, sons of Adam. Yes. So there again, you're getting that kind of idea of early Irish authors um, making room for themselves in religious history. Yes, absolutely. And kind of, you know, adapting and fitting, fitting Ireland in or sometimes fitting fitting things that kind of the Bible into Ireland in a way, kind of the other way around. They so- kind of... They they retrofit themselves in and around yeah, yes. the Bible to make themselves more important, which yeah. isn't a topic that you think you would get out of a book that's like that lying on a coffee table that's, somewhere. That's that's the very kind of thing. It's deceptive, but I think in some ways the images, the illustrations that went with the book, um, you know, help with that. They sort of get you mentally ready for for the text maybe to not be quite as you might expect so you know they're kind of they're quite a little bit disturbing some of them in themselves and a little bit untypical it's it's joe mclaren that did the illustrations and i suppose the the illustration that's pushed for the book is the one where um the lad has the the really spiky hair and it's yes. so stiff that there's apples skewered into it. Yes, he's supposed to be Cahullan. Did you know the story yourself sort of thing? So he is in there kind of when, when he undergoes his sort of his, his warp spasm, one of the effects, yeah, so sort of his yeah. eye comes out kind of in a big, one is as big as the rim of a bowl and one eye is sucked back into his head that's as small as the eye of a needle. And then part of it is that his hair stands on end so that the apples falling from the trees would have 
been spiked on it. And yeah, I suppose that somehow that, that sort of captured the imagination and he ended up as an illustration like that. So um Yes, but, and there's kind of crows going through the book. Yeah, yeah. and the there's one of the old Kalyoch, the sort of kind of the, the old woman with the the bird on her kind of as a sort of as the the, the Baupu to end up to can turn into a crow and hover over battle and things like that. Um, she's fantastic, I think. Kind of Hodges Figgis had her uh, on a big board in the in the window around Halloween time, and she looked good for that kind of time of year. Yes, I mean, there's an awful lot of material that you can work with in early Irish literature and Irish literature in general that you can kind of get these almost mad illustrations out of. So yeah. I think Joe's done a, a fantastic job. And even the um, limited edition cover that you um, ran with the the asteroid the on the, the front of it, the comet. Yeah. It's just it, it was lovely, wasn't it? Kind of, it was kind of completely different kind of vibe to it than sort of as the, the standard. We had a kind of bit backwards and forwards, which cover will we will we kind of go with? Um, and the end, I think, kind of they thought that kind of the the hair and the apples really kind of stood up. And you can kind of you can see it for a long way away as you're sort of passing a shop window. You could think there's there's the book there, but um, but yeah, we, and we love the comet as well. The comet's a lovely one. Yeah, exactly. The hairy star, of course, it was kind of as we have it in, you know, the word translates literally as a kind of hairy star. It's again, as you were saying, kind of, you know, it's a beautifully rich kind of image, mm. um, a sort of as a comet with a trail coming out behind it. Exactly. So you get to do all these like mad things in your, when you're illustrating. Mm. Whereas poor yeah. Kirsten here, our illustrator, gets to listen to us talk absolute scotter and has to try, <laughs> <laughs> has to try and, and make an illustration down that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them, yeah. Yeah, some of the some of them were great. Um, we really kind of, I mean, we didn't know what how you would illustrate a book like that at all. What kind of I thought kind of initially that we might have, you know, photographs or something like that that would go with it. Um, and this couldn't be further from from what we imagined. But as you say, kind of, I think kind of they picked up on ideas that was quite dark in places and a little bit surreal and unexpected. And um, yeah, ran with that and yeah, no, not what I would have imagined as the illustrations at all. But actually, at the end of the day, I think probably they're quite, you know, they're quite in keeping with what the content is. I think so, because I think there's a, there's an expectation of what the illustrations of a book about Irish or, or, or Irish subject matter should be. And I think yeah. it's, some, it's something I know with um, when I think of uh, my own book and Labrocki's uh, the, the illustrations for the town and... Yeah, and so and and this as well the idea that there's an expectation that things are going to be green and shamrocky and our pictures yes. of pints and, uh, and yes. a, a certain image of what a certain kind of romanticized kind of uh, warriors with swords and chainmail. Whereas the yes. it seems yes. the, the the people the people who've resisted that have gone completely iconic. And that's been really wonderful. Yeah. Well, kind of, we're we're hoping to have um to have an exhibition as well. Kind of maybe get some more illustrations done and and have a have a, an exhibition of some of the pictures done up with some, you know, um some of the words, maybe some of the citations, just that kind of capture something about a sort of certain aspect of sort of cultural history and things like that. So um so um maybe coming to uh, coming to a library near you <laughs> someday soon. Um we we we're hoping to have have some of those boards put up. Because there was, I remember when when I was going through the uh, the dictionary, it's it's very easy to fall into a wormhole when you're looking at the the, the dil.ie yeah. and one, yeah. <laughs> and one of the, there's two entries that always stay with me. There's one that the for Renlore, uh, the idea that that people can predict the future by watching wrens playing and the amount of times yeah. a wren would jump up and yeah, down. Yeah, and ravens as well. Kind mm. of, I think they come from the same text. The the wrens and the, and the ravens. Yeah, it taps so many times on the ground. It tells you how many people are going to die and things like that. Yeah. Mm. 
and then there was a, a great word which I think is it, the only instance of it is actually in um, the dictionary is bibsuch, which is to kill someone twice. <laughs> well, you had the threefold death and things like that, I mm. suppose. You know, where you kind of would, would stab, oh, I can't remember what, stabbing and drowning and falling from a tree and things like that, where you kind of would <laughs> die in these kind of um, three ways before you were finally finally out. Yeah. So um, killing of two ways, I kind of, yeah, we've got lots of entries that are in the dictionary, I suppose, only from one source. Uh, and some of them certainly are, um, you know, evidence for sort of humour, uh, in 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 amongst medieval well learned people really I suppose but a you know a level of humour and a level of playing with words and and with ideas one of my favourites is kind of how the word for swollen is derived from the Latin word for an elephant uh, and it, you know it's a it's a great kind of insight but another thing we were trying to do in the book as well I suppose a kind of insight into how their minds were working you know into the kind of humour and the darkness and things that sometimes you find in in there you know try and bring out the people in a way. Well, I never knew that. Yeah. Ah, you see, there's so much in there to find. You could you could spend a lifetime um, picking out the, the words from the dictionary. Once you've mm-hmm. gone in, you're never you're never coming back. Yeah, you're in too deep now. It's done. <laughs> you yeah, are. <laughs> you are. Sharon, we do love to ask our guests what their favourite Irish word is. Oh no! Um, <laughs> in, in the context, you know, that might I'm, be hard. I'm going to tell you some of my favorite, um, my favorite words are kind of words, and I can't remember what they were. There's, there's a word in in the early language for the sound of corn burning. I think it is. And I can't for the life of me now remember what it is. But you can see my favourite early words every week, kind of in Word of the Week. Can we do a plug for Word of the Week? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Word of the Week, yes. Can plug Word of the Week on kind of the Edil Facebook page because I think that's it's a purely self-indulgent kind of exercise where I think kind of really over the past five years I've just been picking out some of my favourite words, sometimes words, phrases and things like that um, every week, uh, usually on a Friday, I'm, I'm putting them up there. So if you just want to run through what my favourite Word of the Week is because it changes like that, I think um, just follow, follow us. Follow us on Facebook, as they say, or follow us on Twitter. Yes. And uh, and you'll get you'll get you'll get a whole ream kind of it changes every day or two every time I discover a new one that's um that's my that's my favorite for for a little while. <laughs> so one of your most recent word of the weeks here um is on the Edil Facebook page, um and it's Kyol, which you have is often translated as music, but the Irish word originally referred to a musical instrument. And that's, the what, that's what the dictionary tells yes. me. See, I, until I did that, I didn't know that myself. But but when you go in there and look up, yeah, some of the examples that are in the dictionary from the, the Irish glosses on Latin. So they're probably, you know, they're probably kind of 8th, 9th century there. And that's the sense that, that the word cule had at that time. Also, I um I was asked what my favourite Irish word was recently. I, I've been on this podcast for two years. We've been around that long. At least. Yeah, at least. And uh, I'd never been asked. And as soon as I was asked, I was like, <gasps> I don't know. Hmm. Um, no, it's so many. You can, it's very difficult to stick with one. Once you spot another one, you're off. I know that's it. But um, <laughs> I finally decided, finally, hmm. um, hmm. that my favourite Irish word is Kirk. Oh, which is the yes. Irish for a hen. Hmm. And I love Are it. Are you just going with 
that's that seems that seems very common and uncomplicated. Yes, I mean because it kind of sounds a bit like a chicken too. Yuck, 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 yuck. Yeah, doesn't it's, it? It's like it's cooking. Yeah. See, okay. And will you stick with that one, or will that will that only last when you've spotted something else? Well, well, hmm. I mean. I think it's my favourite. My mom always has chickens in the house as well. And they're like, well, not in the house, in at, like at home. They're in the garden. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> There's like chickens in my bed when I'm not there during the week. Um, but I've just spotted there that one of our favourite images from a history of Ireland in 100 words is a turkey the in a turkey. travel bag. To illustrate I like Pierre the turkey Francis. a lot. Isn't he good? I'm not sure. I did explain him on, on Facebook a while ago because I'm not sure if everybody kind of got why, why he was in a bag. Um, but yeah, he's supposed to be in a travel bag because, of course, he's a turkey, which in English is named after the country of Turkey. Of course, they came from the Americas in the first instance, and it was a kind of foreign bird. And in Ireland and in other places as well, it was kind of referred to as a, a, a French hen, really kind of um, uh, a Kirk Frangoch. So, um, so yeah, that's why he had travelled all round and he was in his bag. I really, really like him. He's very cute. I'm looking at him here. <laughs> He's got lovely brown he, feathers he and, 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 and some some of the other ones are kind of not so not not quite so cute and alluring though. <laughs> no, not really, not at all. Speaking <laughs> of Frankuk, obviously that's the, the usually is an abbreviation of Luck Frankuk, the the Irish for a rat being a French mouse or a, or a Frenchman. Uh, that's, yes. It, how, when did that start? Because I'm always getting people ask, what did France do to Ireland to cause to cause the rats? <laughs> brought us rats. Brought us rats. It was that um, handball yeah, there. What is... was it? <laughs> Thierry Henry's handball. <laughs> was it? <laughs> we don't. It, the, the, the bizarre. There, there is a cat chasing a very large rodent in the Book of Kells, and people have sometimes referred to it as the cat and the rat sort of thing from the Book of Kells. But it seems to me that um, there were no rats in Ireland. I'm going to venture this. There, there were no rats in Ireland. They, they kind of, um, the black rat seems to have come over with the Anglo-Normans and that's why we call it the, for that's why I use the word frangoch. It was associated with French. Mm. And then the brown rat didn't come to much, much later. It seems to come in the 18th century, which I only learned while writing that um, entry um, on frangoch for 100 words. So so I maybe maybe no rats um maybe no rats in Ireland at all uh, a, a lot of, the Anglo Normans brought a lot of beasties and birds to Ireland and I had never again really thought about that before how as an island I was um, going to say could we blame it on St Patrick did he bring the rats instead of take the snakes I don't know <laughs> he was getting rid of things kind of when the Anglo Normans were bringing things but yeah, yeah but but as an island a lot of things couldn't come on their own they had to kind of come in ships or something like that so maybe even hedgehogs rabbits things like that um, all came to Ireland with the Anglo-Normans and so kind of some of the words that we have some of the earliest words that we have um, are related to the, the Anglo-Norman words for those One of the dictionaries in the 19th century I think it was maybe O'Reilly's uh, one he states that the frog was brought to Ireland by William of Orange's troops <laughs> Was that substantiated? Were there were there scholarly references with that, or or did you just I, throw that out? I have to say, I, <laughs> I saw it and I was quite surprised. And it, there's just a little note saying, "Oh, I, I'll, I'll be happy to send you the the, the the extract afterwards." But the um, well, that's but it, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember thinking that, that I've never heard that before, and it's the kind of thing you would have thought would, would have caught on. But apparently, yeah, the frog is uh, uh, apparently the frog was was introduced as part of that uh, campaign. 
Well, that's something for the Upper History of Ireland in another hundred words, then perhaps we can start looking into words for sort of various kinds of reptiles and things. And um, and we can we can start off with that frog. Right here could be the moment where History of Ireland in another hundred words starts <laughs> with an entry for frog. We'll go away and have a look for it. But sometimes you think things like that couldn't possibly be true. Um, and it turns out <laughs> they are true. Mm-hmm. So um so yeah, I mean that's what I say. We kind of put the, the book kind of thrived on on information like that 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 didn't seem like it could possibly be right. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're talking about the book, how do we get our hands on it? Well, any good any good bookstore can say that. I don't know. Um, we've actually we we ran out of copies for online ordering, as I say, kind of in the unexpected demand. That's not, listen, not, not not a phrase I ever expected to say about this book. The unexpected demand, but it's going to be back uh, and available for online order. And I think uh, there are going to be copies in again on the tenth of December, which must be sort of next Tuesday. So, um, and otherwise, yeah, I see them in in, in shops throughout the country. Um, certainly, Easton's have got quite a lot. So, um, yeah, we'll I was going to say, I spotted some in Easton's and Killarney actually the last day, and I got really excited. I'm like, oh my God, ah, I have to buy it. And I'm like, Emma, you have five copies at home. No, 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 don't. <laughs> Don't don't buy anymore. You have done your bit. We're glad you haven't done your bit either. Leave it to others. Leave it to if others. If anybody needs a copy, I'm busy like building a house out of like copies of this book. <laughs> it's kind of good. Did you get a copy of the the limited run with the comic cover? Yes, I did. That was the first one I got, good. and then I liked it so much. I'm like, I'm buying everyone one of these for Christmas, and just ordered a load more. It is. It kind of comes ready wrapped and kind of it's got a, it's got a nice kind of cover. Just pop a bow on it and it's good to go. Exactly. Yes. Sharon or Bethnot, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been it's been lovely to speak to you. It's been a real joy. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you so much. Hopefully, the next time we'll be speaking to you will be um, a history of Ireland in two hundred words. <laughs> Maybe. Don't wait now, wait now. Another hundred words. I like the idea of another hundred words doesn't commit us to a book with two hundred words yeah. in it. I'm really like I'm putting you under pressure here now. Like I want two hundred words. No, I tell you, we, we, we struggled enough with the last twenty-five <laughs> while we were writing this one. So um yeah, give it a little we we need a little time, I think, kind of, but um to recover. But yeah, I it, it's it's been great to see an appetite for it, so you never know. Yes, fingers oh. crossed. Well, yeah, best luck with it. And uh, I certainly think I, I heartily recommend it as a Christmas gift for our listeners, for their friends and family. And Thank you. All, all goes. So. Yes, even distant relatives and the postman and things like that. <laughs> it can be given to many people. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. So until the next time, it's a slon from me. It's a slon from me. And a slon from me. Yeah. Catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. We at Motherfucker are so grateful to have you as our listener. You know, Imar, we got a bunch of five star ratings recently on the on the Apple Podcast. I hate putting them just one go. It'd be great if we got a few more. I think that might be due to the fact I haven't been on the podcast in a while. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, correlation, causation. I haven't been around. We get a lot of five star reviews. Like we got to see after this one, after this one drops, we got to see how the ratings go because. 
Well, so consider um, consider Miss Miss Duffy's self esteem, and don't don't let her think that the five star views dry up just because she's come back to the studio. Please, Please do give a few give us a few more if you haven't done so yet. We know that the um, the amount of reviews given and the amount of people who listen to the show every week uh, is mismatched. So some of you haven't reviewed it yet. We love you dead. Mother Folklore comes out every Friday on the Headstuff Podcast Network. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And also, you will find us on Twitter and at Instagram on at Mother Folklore. Our Instagram is pretty cool at the moment because I'm not I'm not directly involved in the posts. I decided that was successfully delegated to the cool people on the team. Pod Dad doesn't get Instagram. <laughs> He's left it to the pod babies. <laughs> yeah, I'm just here with my ham radio wondering what's going on. <laughs> Ten four, but buddy. <laughs> Now, what do we need to do with our outro? So we um we also need to thank Kirsten Shield for the artwork. She, you know, if you check her out on Instagram as well, Kirsten Shield Art, and she's selling some prints and stuff, which you which would make wonderful Christmas gifts. Also, Brian is our producer. He's not selling anything at the moment. <laughs> Awkward silence. <laughs> if you want to contact the show, we are probably planning to do another mailbag episode soon. Motherfucker at headstuff.org. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's so then and, and thanks thanks again to First and Galga for sponsoring this show. So until next week. Slanzies. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Time for dinner then, baby. Time for dinner. <laughs> <laughs>